Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is our resident Wisconsin Badgers insider, currently on the bye week, my brother, Nicholas Osen of 24-7 Sports. Nick, it has been an absolutely tumultuous week in sports for myself as a Chicago fan and for you, of course, being a Bears and Cubs fan. But good Lord almighty, Nick, we need something positive this weekend. And I think we can come away with a victory on Sunday with our beloved Chicago Bears. Nick, how are you doing tonight, my brother? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. I didn't even think about the levels with the Cubs and obviously some other sports news that you didn't love happening. But overall, I'm I'm really pretty good, you know, by week. But certainly things don't slow down for me. I'm kind of going all across the state this week for different football and basketball events. And so far, so good. Nick, it's certainly a big week for you on the recruitment side of things in terms of the Badgers because there is no football on Saturday afternoon. So you've got to hammer it home until next week where I will be returning to Camp Randall for the second time this season and a homecoming for myself and the homecoming game for one of the best teams in the Big Ten right now, surging Wisconsin Badgers. So hopefully they will continue to rise the ranks in that Big Ten and keep stacking W's as they've kind of hit their stride after last week. Yeah, you know, it came out today. I believe Circus Sports, don't quote me on that, but the Badgers are now the prohibitive favorite to win the Big Ten West, which not shocking. It's the division is not likely at its best this year, and we figured it would come down to Wisconsin and Iowa. And Iowa's offense is pretty terrible, and their defense is still very good, but it took a step back from last year. So I personally think it's Wisconsin's to lose. I think they're in a really good spot. I've projected that for a while, and it'll be fun. You know, the the good thing about an early bye week is that the team and guys that are hurt can get healthy maybe a little quicker. The tough thing, you've got back-to-back-to-back-to-back all the rest of the way, including, of course, conference play. So it'll be interesting, but I'm excited. You know, it's crazy that I'm here, but it's really starting to settle in, and it's going to be fun to cover it. Nick, you said it best in terms of Big Ten play, and the Badgers will have an opportunity to gain an edge on the Hawkeyes in mid-October when they play at Camp Randall shortly after the Rutgers game come next week. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in and strap in for a wild one. As always, do up. All right, Nick, before we get into the thick of our beloved Chicago Bears, I have to mention Truly horrendous week for myself as a Chicago sports fan. Of course, the Bears get absolutely trounced by the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday afternoon. And then the week starts by the Cubs 
blowing a 6-0 to zero lead against the best team in baseball, the Atlanta Braves. They ended up losing 7-6. to six. They squandered another one tonight as we record this in extra innings. And to cap it all off, one of my favorite basketball players on the planet, possibly in the history of the sport, Damian Lillard, is traded to my rival franchise in the Milwaukee Bucks. I live in the city where they play. I've done some of my best work trying to keep the Milwaukee Bucks from earning another championship, and they go out and get one of the best scorers in the history of our game. So I am certainly not focused on basketball right now, but that one truly hurt me as I love Dame. I loved watching him in those late-night West Coast games, and now he'll be in my backyard hurting me personally on a nightly basis. You know, so it was funny. I was driving this afternoon, and I think within probably 20 seconds of Adrian Wojnarowski's tweet, I had five texts. Two from you and two from our good friend, friend of the show, Kurt Hogue. And, of course, I didn't know what was going on. You know, I get to my destination. I get back home. And, yeah, you know, I, I saw it. Here's where I'm at. It. So I, I'm, you know, most of our listeners know. Huge NBA fan. Have been since I was six. I've generally been a LeBron first and then kind of a, a team, you know, Lakers. Obviously, I certainly mostly pull for the Bulls for you. I got many opportunities to cover the Bucks, which is a really cool thing. But thinking about you and then later tonight, seeing the Cubs kind of blowing away their playoff chances, it's been one of the worst weeks, I think, for Chicago sports fans in a long time. And you know it's bad when you're just kind of banking on an 18-year-old hockey player to kind of turn the tides for the city. So it's pretty bad. But in terms of the actual trade, people can come back at me. You know, that is totally fine. I don't think there's a question of did they get better. I mean, Dame Lillard has consistently been a top 10 NBA player for the last four, five, six years, I would say, consistently. When you've seen guys like James Harden and others kind of fall out of there. But I do think that they're going to miss some of their guard depth and they're going to miss some of the defense of Drew Holiday. I will simply say that people think he's the best uh, on ball defender in the league, at least on the perimeter. So that's why, do I understand why they're now title favorites? Sure. Do I think that they're going to get there? I'm not sure. But the talent is certainly there. And I did find it a bit surprising, just a bit, that I, I would assume, it's not reported, but I would assume Giannis signed off on this. And I was just a little bit surprised because of how tight he seemed to be with Drew, just as he's been kind of with Chris Middleton, but for a longer period of time. Nick, you encapsulated two things perfectly there, and I will touch on Dame first. You said it best. Of course, the defense will be lacking tremendously with Drew Holiday out the door. 
someone who was in contention for defensive player of the year last season. But their offense and scoring ability just skyrocketed through the roof. Two 30-plus point scorers a game in Dame Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo. That one was a dagger to the back for me and something I will not be able to wrap my head around until I actually see Zero in a Bucks uniform. The only thing I'll say that is cool about this acquisition is that I will have the opportunity to see Damian Lillard numerous times this season, downtown Milwaukee. Will I be hoping for his success? Absolutely. But as a team, I will never be rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks. And you say they're the favorites to win a title. Absolutely, they're going to be in that conversation. But let's not forget, the Denver Nuggets are not going anywhere. They are the most complete team in the game of basketball. And I think your Lakers got a lot better in the offseason. So we're not going to jump to conclusions. And we're, of course, going to focus on the game of football. But that one is going to sting for me for quite some time. And in that same realm, Nick, you talk about Chicago sports fandom. You had me holding back laughter, truly factoring in how bad it is right now. Because, yes, Connor Bedard is going to be the quote-unquote savior of the Blackhawks. And that is probably the Chicago market's fourth most important team. And so we're kind of grasping at straws at this point. So my focus is on a winnable game for our Bears come Sunday and the Denver Broncos coming to Soldier Field. So, Nick, looking back at our abysmal performance once again against the Kansas City Chiefs, a couple things stood out to me. And just looking at this team as a whole, our Bears, with a defensive-minded head coach, who is now our defensive coordinator for the remainder of the season, is what he said to the media today. This defense has allowed 106 points through three weeks of football. That is entirely unacceptable especially when you consider this is a defensive guru. He had that Colts defense rolling when he was in the AFC, and we went out and paid a handful of guys, two stud linebackers, and then Yannick Ngakwe to do what exactly? This is the worst defense in the NFL right now. Maybe the Denver Broncos have that title. But in terms of a group that looks as if they have no clue what they're doing when it comes to tackling and getting any semblance of pressure on the quarterback, this is one of the worst groups in football, and it's led by a supposed defensive head coach. Yeah, there's no question it's the worst in the NFL, which is really sad especially because last year's was often the worst unit in the entire league. So it, it, it is really embarrassing. I mean, I want to give them 
the benefit of the doubt. They've played one really good offense on the road. You could argue maybe another good one, but and there have been some injuries, specifically in the secondary, which you have to admit and give a little credence to. But no, it's really bad. And I think that if I mean, you know, I'm not a reactionary person. If things do not go well this weekend, yeah, I think people are going to start losing their jobs. And that's something, whether I'm a fan or not, I never, ever want or wish for. I don't think Eberflus is the long-term guy. Neither of us was very excited about that hire. But I know I wasn't, at least. But Fields, we were. And so I'm really, really hoping that they can figure some things out. There were a couple, maybe two or three positives, you know, in that game uh, Sunday offensively. And you're right. The Broncos defense is not what we were used to four or five years ago, even two years ago. So I think that there are chances. I think that, you know, the Bears offense is relatively healthy outside of the O-line. They need to put up this weekend. And I believe they will, Nick. You talk about losing jobs. I never want to talk about another man's job, but I always find myself having to, especially with this Bears team. (laughs) We like to say heads will roll. I don't know how you can justify an 0-3 start, losing 13 straight when you tie in last season, and then we play against the Denver Broncos, who have the same record as us, coming up on Sunday. They allowed a 70-burger against the Miami Dolphins this past week. There really is no excuse at this point for the Bears to lose that game and for that coaching staff to still be intact. So, of course, I'm feeling encouraged by Fields' late-game performance, but you can't hold that in too much of a high regard because the Chiefs were playing for nothing at that point mm-hmm. and a late connection to DJ Moore is not enough for me to feel rock solid going into this game so before we get to the matchup against the Denver Broncos Nick I would be remiss if I did not add in a touch of pop culture into this podcast because It was truly the talk of the town, probably the talk of the universe, with Taylor Swift in attendance at Chiefs Bears (laughs) to watch her possible boyfriend in Travis Kelsey, your man, the best tight end in the game right now, arguably the best ever. I still think Rob Gronkowski has an edge right now. It truly took the world by storm. Just having Taylor Swift be in attendance at an NFL game, watching a potential love interest score a touchdown on the field. And what really stood out to me, Nick, was how frequently the broadcast cut to Taylor Swift in the box with Kelsey's mom. And also our guy, Greg Olson, continuing to bring Taylor Swift into the fold. It was truly a spectacle, especially because it took away from what was happening on the field, and that was a complete 
domination of our team. So I go two ways about it. I wish Taylor wasn't there because I think the game would have been a lot closer and the Chiefs would not have had as much success. But at the point where they were putting up 30 and 40 points, it was a pretty awesome time on the internet and also witnessing that (laughs) game to kind of take away from our Bears being so atrocious on the field. So let it be known, first of all, and you know I was laughing at this, I do not think her presence made things any worse for the Bears. Either way, they're going to look for their best receiver and second-best player. Andy Reid is not changing his game plan to make Taylor Swift happy. God, I don't know if we can swear on this show, but come on. But what I will say is it was nice that the topic of discussion was generally something else other than the embarrassment. There were still a couple moments. I actually remember one. I think it was Greg Olson, the second possession in the second half. I think he said, and the Bears have to be just thinking, God, what can we do right? I think it was something like that. It was embarrassing. I'm not a Taylor Swift uh, fan. Never have been in terms of musically. But I will say my guy Travis is happy. And that is probably my favorite player in the world that's not in a Bears uniform, has been for years. It's interesting to see, and I said this on my other show this week, it's insane to see the influence that she has. Not only, I mean, social media, that's whatever to me. Anybody can kind of go viral and trend these days. But the numbers that kind of bounced up for Travis Kelsey's like followers, and his merchandise sales, like that that type of thing is honestly pretty crazy. It's something I'm not really used to. And it, funnily enough, takes us back to a conversation. You know what I'm going to say? Nick, I have it written down in my notes. uh, My girlfriend, BB, good friend of the show, Max, we were out east talking about the most famous people in the world, and then we kind of got to musicians. None of us were dumb enough to say she was the most famous person in the world, but one of us, it was not me, said she was maybe the most famous musician. And though I still stand where I was, this shows you guys were not too far off. Nick, I didn't think you were going to let me get a word in edgewise there. Because I do have to pat myself on the back. I had it written down in the notes and I've been waiting to settle the fame debate with you. You talk about Travis Kelsey's social media numbers skyrocketing as well as his jersey moving into the top five best sellers in the game of football. That is solely based upon the Swifties coming out in full force. Don't and I use would, the term. <laughs> and I would be careful with you saying you're not a fan of hers because they might come at you on the internet. It is by far and away the most clear-cut 
nail in the coffin that Taylor Swift is the most famous musical artist on the planet and blows Beyonce out of the water. That was the discussion a couple years ago in New Haven, Connecticut. And Nick, you have to concede at this point. I won't, and I won't get close because here is exactly why. And and we got some football to talk about here, man. But all of that attention is not happening and so exciting if there's not this love interest there that she's watching on the field. There are celebrities at all these types of games, like a LeBron James. Years ago, I remember David Beckham, Jay-Z. They'll show them once or twice, but this was so insane because, A, the player, the love interest, is balling out, so fade back and forth to the reactions, and B, and you're smirking, and I don't know why. It's weird. You're acting like you're a big fan, <laughs> but <laughs> which I know you at least were at one point. But here's my thing. It speaks to the such a reason for fans of hers, and I think I sent this tweet to you. They love the love story, and then they love it falling apart. And so this is not a big deal at all. It's a good discussion. Not a big deal at all if she's just there watching a random game. And that is what I'm going to lay my hat at. I I give you credit. I never called it that level crazy even then, but I'm also going to stick with what I said and that I would even put a couple others ahead of her too. But speaks to her fame, and the influence was crazy. Nick, I'm trying to hold back laughter because – it is so preposterous that you won't concede to this point, even when you have only furthered the conversation in favor of Taylor Swift. And let us not forget that I received the 1989 album as a birthday present when it came out, and I still have that CD to this day. So I will always be a fan of her music and her influence. And we will move on from this topic, Nick. But you said it best right there. And I won't call myself a Swifty because that's a different sect of human being that I don't know that I can comfortably call myself. But you're saying it perfectly. They love the love story only for there to be an eventual breakup and have an all-time album down the pipeline so i'm hoping that travis kelsey enjoys this moment while it lasts because he is in some serious territory with arguably the most famous human on earth so moving forward nick we have to round out that football game it was clear as day patrick mahomes was going to spread the wealth amongst his receivers and his running backs Of course, Travis Kelsey is always going to be in a position to catch the football and certainly in the red zone. We talked about it last week in our preview. You cannot let him touch the ball inside 20 yards. And he did exactly that. He scored. And that was the biggest moment of the day in the Kelsey suite. We won't have to dwell on it any longer. But I would say the most impressive 
stretch for that Chiefs offense was three different running backs finding the end zone. Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Pacheco, and the former starter in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all finding the end zone at one point or another. That offense can score any which way. And it is going to be lethal down the stretch of this season. I still believe that Chiefs team is poised for another trip to the Super Bowl. And I am so grateful that we have a wildly different opponent come Sunday against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, we definitely got to shift over to the to the Broncos here. But really, you know, I think that just about anybody that you play is going to be a bit of an easier matchup than the Chiefs. That was in one of the toughest places to play. But now you're going back home. It's simply do or die, and that's no exaggeration. You know, both of these teams are desperate. I think I'd still lean this inconsistent Russell Wilson over Justin Fields. Have not been impressed with Sean Payton's stuff so far, and that defense is terrible. So at this point, I mean, people say it, but it's the truth. It comes down to the players when you're in moments like this and when you are that desperate. I think that, you know, the Bears, it's nice that it's at home. I believe the line was like Broncos one and a half, two, and I've seen it close to even in some spots. So I think that that's pretty fair. I would say the Broncos are probably a more talented team, but the Bears absolutely can win, and I think that they hopefully will. I've gotten to a point this week, Nick, where the Chicago Bears are definitely going to win this football game for a number of reasons. And the one that is just glaring is the desperation factor. We're sitting at 0-3, playing some of the worst football that we've ever witnessed on either side of the ball. And there is still so much talent on this roster that you can't compute in your brain. Why are they losing by such a wide margin and not really having any positives on either the offense or defense? This is as much as it can possibly be a get right opportunity for the Bears. We mentioned it earlier in the show that the Broncos let up 70 points. And I think a little bit of that was revenge by Mike McDaniel, who grew up a Denver Broncos fan and a ball boy for that team, later turned into a coaching intern, and they would not give him a shot as a head coach a few years ago. So I think they like to pour it on against the Broncos, but that game was out of reach from Jump Street. And I think there are some holes in that Broncos defense that Justin Fields and the Bears offense have to open it up. And I'm talking score that dang football all afternoon long on Sunday. You can't have a connection with your top wide receiver starting in the fourth quarter. It has to be from the first snap all throughout the football game. Let Roshan Johnson just pound that football down the middle because he has been the power back so far for these bears. And I'm excited about him. It's simple, Nick. We have to 
be the aggressors on both ends from the first snap in the first quarter all the way down to the wire. Because if the Bears are not, they're looking at an 0-4 start and things shaking up drastically. And you know I cannot stand this when true diehard fans like us online are saying, all right, three weeks in, it's time to start preparing for the draft. I don't buy into that garbage because we have shown the draft truly doesn't matter because we have squandered a lot of first-round opportunities. I'm not ready to pull the plug on Justin Fields yet, but we have not used him properly this season. And you know how I feel dating back to 2017 when we had the second overall pick and Mitchell Trubisky. So let's not act like this Bears organization is going to use a first-round pick well, even if they do end up with Caleb Williams. So we're not here to think about the draft in April of 2024. We're here to win football games in October right here and now. Yeah, and you know, as we kind of get to our predictions here, I, I agree with a lot of that. Uh, honestly, it just makes me sad, but, but then again, I have the willpower to not look at that crap yet. Uh, and you know what, anybody that truly, truly knows football, they can say that Caleb Williams is a clear cut top choice, but if you really watch the games and again, he, he is probably a little more clear cut than Fields was then for sure, but he still struggles here and there with some of the things that Fields does, not necessarily. Uh, some of the kind of progression stuff, but more so he holds onto the ball sometimes too. And that's something that has hurt Justin. It'd really make me sad because that was one of the biggest fan moments I've had in a long time when he got drafted. But for this weekend, bold predictions. I got one tongue in cheek one and one sincere one tongue in cheek. I think the bears won, which is bold because they haven't. And man, they haven't in a believe about a year, just short of a year which is embarrassing. It's been at least 11 months. That's the Patriots Monday Night Football, I believe. Sincere one, let's go with the defense. They force, I will even say they combine sacks and turnovers to be four. And you wouldn't think, okay, two or three sacks, maybe a turnover that, that crazy. I believe the Bears only have one sack this season, I think I saw today, which is just humiliating, honestly. Uh, so that's what I'm going to say. You know, Broncos have not impressed. I, I also think the players kind of quit late in that Dolphins game, for better, for worse. I think that's part of it. But that is what I'm saying, and we need a win. Nick, you and I have been in lockstep with our bold predictions so far this season. Of course, they haven't really panned out, but I believe <laughs> our defensive bold prediction is identical once again this week and will happen and i have written down three sacks because you have to apply pressure to russell wilson this defense has only gotten one sack through three games i've got three sacks on the record sunday afternoon maybe the infamous grass on Russell Wilson will account for one of those sacks, but so be it. We'll take that opportunity. And an interception is thrown 
and the Bears are taking it back for a nice return, not for a touchdown, but for 20 or 30 yards and set one up for a score. So, Nick, offensively, my bold prediction is simple. Fields has to throw the football well and to his plethora of wide receivers and receiving options when I say Cole Komet. 300 yards passing. Can he do that in an NFL game? If the Bears are going to win on Sunday, he has to throw the football downfield, convert in the red zone, and score points early and often. It sounds like a simple recipe, but clearly the Bears have not cracked the code, and I believe they will Sunday afternoon. I've got a final score of Bears 27 to a Broncos 20. Nick, my pick of the week is Chiefs minus 9.5 at MetLife against the New York Jets. I believe this Chiefs offense has hit its stride. And the New York Jets are in complete turmoil with some of the team believing that Robert Sala has given too much of a long leash to Zach Wilson. So I think the Chiefs obliterate the Jets out east. And there is rumor once again that Taylor Swift will be in attendance. So you have to factor that in. Yeah, there's a chance we'll be seeing a little bit of this Bears game together potentially. But we'll be figuring that out as things get closer. Still a busy work weekend for myself, but I, I do think the Bears win. I like the Lions Thursday night. Don't even remember where that game is. But oh, yes, I do know where, but I like the Lions. And then, you know what? I think that Chiefs option would be smart to tease down. That's a lot of points to cover, but I respect it. You know, they're one of my favorite teams as well. Nick, thank you so much for joining me. I genuinely believe this has been the most fun episode so far this season, and they're only going to get better. Folks, thank you so much for being on this ride along with us. And we've got a short week heading into Thursday night football against the Commanders. As always, folks, juice up! Bear down forever.